Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Doze Knows. This episode is being brought to you in part by Kona Boys, Hurley, Kona Coffee and Tea, Oakley, GoPro, Maverick Sport Fishing, Deuce Gym, and Original Nutritionals. Also, if you guys want to find me on social media, you can go to Dozer Dave on Instagram, Dozer Dave Barnett on Facebook, and Dozer Dave Knows on Twitter. Um, go to my website, www.dozenose.com. That way you guys can see a more in-depth look at my guests. You can also listen to the podcast. You can see pictures, links to their website, links to my sponsor's websites, and all kinds of goodies. You never know what's going to pop up on that thing. Um, and this week, I'm super excited. I've got a great guest. Uh, continuing my series of while I was down in Fiji in Tavarua, I have the one, the only, the infamous Tate Fletcher on today. And he is the host of Pirate Life Radio. If you ever listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, you will always hear Tate on there, and vice versa. You'll hear Joe on Tate's podcast. It's a number one podcast out there. Uh, he is also co-owner of Caveman Coffee Company with uh, former UFC fighter Keith Jardine. He also, Tate, is a former UFC fighter, badass, humongous human being. Um, he kind of scary at first, you know? But then you get to know him, and he's just the sweetest guy. He's in every freaking movie that you can think of and TV show. And I am so lucky to have him as a friend and have him on the show. So let's give a big, warm welcome to Tate Fletcher. Tate, welcome to Doe's Nose. Doze nose, doze. I love. It. I love the name of it too. Doze nose is a good one. I love my hat on your head, dude. It's the best. You've been sporting that thing all week, I love and it, it looks I sick on it. you. It's. I'll tell you, it's one of the most comfortable. Like, it, there's not like the the softness of this and everything. Like, I mean, it's like it's made out of surf short or something. Yep. But it's super, super well made. My boys at Kona Boys, I gotta give a big shout out to them. They're dope. They worked hard on those things. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, there. I mean, I I'd never seen a hat like that. I like, felt it, and it's awesome. And then it dries out right away. Yeah, I, I flipped it up. Like I, I went, I went surfing without one one day, and uh, man, no matter how dark I get, the top of your head, man, out there long enough, that's unforgiving. And I was like, I got to go with a hat next time. Right. But I want to go with this one because I was like, I don't want to lose this hat though. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's been cool expendable because, hat. you know, I didn't have enough for everybody here. And I was here for two weeks. So people were hitting yeah. me up on the first week. Then they're hitting me up on this week. And I'm like, shit, I don't have enough. Kona boys, we need more. And uh, well, they were <laughs> bummed. I, I read one of the first bummed. things that Baba said when he came in the room. He's like, I, I got I to gotta get one of those hats from Dozer somehow. And I was just yeah. like, I don't, I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> and I tried to give them to all my guests and all my good friends yeah. and everything. But I, I just didn't have enough. 
That's awesome. And uh, so people are like, please, can you send them to me? Where can I find one? Kaeo, the manager here, is like, dude, there's somebody's got to have left one on a table or something. I'm like, well, you know, I did see one in the back corner over there. Uh, it's been sitting there for like two days. You might want to go grab it. But most people are leaving them on their heads. Yeah, so, no way. Yeah. I even mind. I'm keeping track of it. I had, a, I had to give up to somebody. Really? Oh, yeah. Lakey got that one. That's worthwhile. Yeah, but it's good to see people like Bob Hurley, who's you know owns Hurley, and yet he's like sporting this thing a, the whole time. I mean, time. what a crazy like that guy. He and his wife, man, um, it's remarkable. She was like, "Yeah, we would, we dated since we were fourteen or fifteen right. or something like that." And I'm like, "That is beautiful." Yeah. And to see all those like old time love stories mm-hmm. that are like for decades now, and then a new one, and then you see yeah, we, Logan we had and Lindsay. Two, we had two of them this. Uh, the last two weeks. Really? We had one of the boatmen, Johnny, brought his uh, little cutie over here, Megan. Awesome. From San Diego, asked uh, her to marry him. She said, of course. Uh, then we had Logan and Lindsay do it. So good, man. Which are some of our best friends. And if yeah. it wasn't for them, you so and I close. wouldn't even know each no. other. No. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, we're on this magical heart-shaped island in, in the middle of the South Pacific. You've never it's even been down this way. the one thing that bums way. me out is that I, I wish that I were helicoptering out uh-huh. uh, just to be able to see the perspective. I mean, Why don't you? It's cra- oh, I, don't, I think they're all filled up. I don't think that's I, I think I available. can work something Oh, look at you here. go. Yeah. <laughs> Toes yeah, and nose. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that would be dope, man. Uh, because this is like... This is special as anything. Like, and to be here, and then I, it was crazy. I had friends like, people stay on Castaway Island or Castaways. I'm not sure if they do or not. I have a friend. He hit me up on Instagram, and he sa- and he says uh, he's an LA guy, uh-huh. and uh, he's a DJ, and he says, "Yeah, I'm over on on Castaways." Uh-huh. For, and I was like, "What a trip!" And then different people popping up all over about. Oh, I'm over here visiting, or you got to go over to this. But I'm like, there's no going over to it. Like, there's right. I'll, I'll be right here in the sand. Right. You know? Well, a couple of years ago, G, you know, G Love was here with us, right? right? Um, so he's on this trip, and then all of a sudden, one of the people that open up for him, another band, uh, this talented and amazing artist named Chris, Christy Lee from Mobile, Alabama, happened to be on the main island. Wow. And we're like, are you freaking kidding me? And G's like, dude. You remember Christy, that show we did in Austin. She opened up. Amazing. Do you think we can get her over here? I'm like, hell yeah. I talked to the management. We got a helicopter, flew her right over, stayed for two days, and uh, they put on the sickest freaking concert, acoustic, in this new restaurant. here? Yeah. Wow. And it was like an hour and a half long concert, and Sal even got up and sang with them. Kelly got up and sang with them. And it was awesome, dude. Kelly was, sings too. Kelly sings, plays guitar. The guy's super talented, super talented. It's crazy. I didn't know he and, and Shelby. Then they'd known each other. I don't know their since whole he was life. In sixth grade or something or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Shelby Norwich. Crazy man. Yeah, they're like best friends. It's so wild. I know. And that's and that's, so the, that's the one thing about this group is, um, you know, you make friends here, you make friends for life. Right. Right. There's nobody wants anything from anybody here. No, just I just want everybody on my podcast. Hugs and smiles. Hugs and smiles. Yeah, but buddy. you know, it's it's the podcast thing for me is amazing because it's it's where when I'm doing it here, I'm getting to hang out with my friends and just talk story. Right. Well, and so and they're the ones that helped me start this. And it's so nice about being removed from um, 
where you're at so you're not thinking about other things that you have to do in day-to-day life you know Mm -hmm. like it's a different vibe being here and being able to do that i would imagine yeah and you you, you, literally everything goes away yeah Yeah, you live in paradise already yeah and then you come to another paradise yeah for some vacation how did you get to hawaii to begin with well you know i actually grew up in hawaii really yeah so my dad was in the navy and so then all the traveling you did was outside your home base was always outside there and wow. moved to california and you know i got into the building and designing of golf courses so it, it led me just all over the world traveling my brains out it's crazy and, what but it also brought that? me back home because that's like a bold move for anybody, like for guys that go and work on the boats or they mm-hmm. go into, like anybody that's like, I'm going to choose to be away from what I know for nine months or years or right. how, like, that's, that's like a savage, that's a different kind of dude that is like, I'm going to go out and just do this then and see what happens. Well, you know, this world is so friggin' small, you know, that once you get out once yeah. and start traveling and, and seeing things, it's, it's addicting. Yeah. It's like cigarettes, man. Well, and you it seems scary stop. and foreboding at first, like, like. I don't know, just just going to China, and I thought I would never get to China. Like, there's nothing that's going to bring me to China. I don't speak Chinese. Like the whole like a thousand different reasons why that's not something that's going to occur, and also because it's a far ways away. And what like I don't know, like there was like a lack of understanding. I would like the mind seems to overcomplicate. Like, just go ahead and put your feet in motion. And when you put your feet in motion, man, good stuff happens. It does. It does. And you know, I had the opportunity to move to China back in the '90s, and. You know, so many people, it was new still for, for white people to go over there, right? Americans. And um, it was what they called the forbidden language. You couldn't even learn it. Really? And everybody was like, you can't go over there, dude. It's communist. You right. know? Right. And my parents are warning me. Is this pre or and, post uh, uh, Pre or post Tiananmen Square? Like It's post Tiananmen Square. It's before the handover um, from the British... You know, like Hong, Hong Kong, Kong before the handover to the Chinese. And I was there for that. Wow. I was in Hong Kong for that handover. And some people are going, you know, just like this Trump stuff that just happened right, right. there. Oh, my God, tomorrow is going to be the end of the world. Right. right. Well, that's what people were thinking. Oh, my God, the communists are going to take over. Well, sure. I'm already living in a communist country now, was there at the time. a twist that happened? Like, did you see, like, were, were there marked differences between uh, when British held Hong Kong and turned it over to China? Like, None at all. None at all. No sweeping changes. No. None at all. Because they wanted to make sure that um, Hong Kong was so profitable right. for the Chinese. Right. They're like, are you kidding me? Let's keep this ball rolling. Let's keep this ball rolling. You know, we're going to switch up some stuff in the government. Yeah. But otherwise, we don't want to touch anything. We want to keep this machine rolling, making money. I feel that. Like, that's what I thought when the other time that our world was going to end was... Uh, 2000 yeah it was two, y2k right <laughs> y2K. and it's like and and i just start and people are getting jazzed up about it and everybody's getting water and saving bullets and right. all this kind of jazz and i building their home shelters because all the internet's gonna crash yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then i go but i i just knew how strong greed was yeah. and i was like those people that are really pulling strings and moving the needle they're not letting that happen. Mm-mm. There's not nothing's gonna happen. But they love that hype. But they love the fear of it. Man. Oh yeah, they, they. You know, that's the one thing about our governments is they love to put friggin' fear in yeah. us. That, yeah. I mean, I, how many more bullets did they sell that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. or every time the, the guns are gonna be outlawed, like they go through the roof. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's super crazy. And uh, but yeah, it was it was a peaceful transition over there and. 
And like I said, my parents, everybody was afraid for me moving into a communist country because right. they, nobody really knew anybody that well, ever that went to mean? a communist country. All we communist. know is Russia, bread lines, sh- stuff like that. Sure. Russia and China, they're the biggest communist countries yep. in the world. And oh my gosh, it's they were the sweetest people yeah. ever on the planet. The governments and people are so different. It's, it's so different, yep. you know, and these people are loving. They're just, they've never seen anybody like you before. And I'm sure like you, you know, sure. you go into that country and just, dude, you're a beast of human being, you and, know? And if anything, they're more shy, but like everybody's like, there's such a, uh, an emphasis on being respectful and kind of, you know, like social lines, like like respect of grandfather and grandmother, and and uh, like and all this, and strangers, like taking foreigners, like in Hawaii too, like where it, like if you're accepted as a foreigner to be taken into into their homes and and go, I want to show you the spirit of aloha, I want right. to see like, and and I feel like I can, that's how I felt in China also. There's so much aloha. So I mean, it's just like that, and I thought and I thought the same thing. I'm like, this is gonna be a dark, oppressed society, and you're gonna see. I for sure expected to see tanks. And, and soldiers in the street and stuff. Right. N- nothing. I, I mean, it might have been, well been like a, a, a bigger New York City yeah. or something like that. Well, they definitely protect their borders. Yeah. Something we don't do. Yeah. You know, I, I noticed that is, you know, if you're going to see the military influence somewhere, it's going to be on their borders. And, um, and they're very, very tight on people coming in and out of the country. Yep. So, um, and I did. I worked on a lot of borders. I, I built golf courses right on the Yangtze River, which is, it's, it's a big river, but it's, hey, it's a way in and out. And it's even just the fact that in the 90s, you're building golf courses there. It just shows, like, the, that's a... The, how big a the upper, Western up, influence upper, is. Upper class influence that's yeah. happening into societies. And it's like, it's, it's you know, I, I have these visions of, like, either you're pushing a little cart and, and trying to eke by farming rice or something like that. Or, yeah you're into prostitution or there's something that's happening there. And, and when I found there, they said the numbers, the numbers that staggered me, they said there's 409 new U S dollar millionaires that occur daily in China. Like that's 12,000 new millionaires that occur every month. And, and so the middle class is just going through the roof. And they're changing the dynamics. Like our country's not When I lived there, there was no middle class. When I lived there, there was, you're either lower class peasants yep or you were just stupid rich and a lot of stupid rich people yeah that's what somebody said too they're like you're a millionaire here it's like you're but there's billionaires but there's a lot of billionaires Billionaires, like it's crazy and you might even see the next the first trillionaire come out of there there's so much money in that country it's savage they would pay me bucks going in there is it wasn't even a question it's like, okay, what do you want? I'm like, uh, if I'm going to leave my home and everything I know, right. Here's what this is what I want. You know, I want first class airfare. I want to come home every three months, you know, for a week, whatever. Right. Um, I want full westernized, you know, accommodations where I'm living. And they were five-star accommodations. Only once did I have a shithole. And it was only, well. I, I stayed in a five-star hotel there. might be falling off right there, huh? And it was, uh, I think it was like 250 or 350 American dollars or something like that. A five-star hotel. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome. The Shangri-La. It is so cool. Man. Yeah, so they have good. so many good ones. And, um, and only once did I live in a shithole, and it was because I had went through Americans 
who wow. were charging the Chinese right. big, big bucks and then putting us up in a shithole. Crazy. Yeah. So they were making money. See, and I think in China, those direct. guys would go, that's dishonorable. A hundred percent they would. hundred percent. I turned right around. You got to understand, I jumped on a plane on a Friday. I flew from Hawaii, from the Big Island, to Oahu, Oahu to Japan, Japan to, um, what was it, uh, Hong Kong, Hong Kong to Hainan Island, drove, got there at uh, 10 o'clock at night, drove three hours to where I was going to be building this golf course, got there, it was the biggest shithole I've ever, the accommodations were, I walk in, it's a corrugated steel building with openings a foot from the bottom. It's pouring rain. I turn on this, the, the light switch. It's one of those pull-by-the-string things. Lights up. Rats scatter. Wow. The mattress is about an inch thick. Did they make it right? I turned, I walked over to one of the other guys. He's like, yeah, this is, you know, I kind of blew. Is. It is what it is, bro. I said, cab, load my stuff back up. Drove back to Haiku, waited for the next flight at 6 o'clock in the morning. This is no sleep, right? And then jumped on another flight to Hong Kong, Taipei, Taipei to uh, Honolulu, back in Kona, Sunday by noon. And did I gave they, them the big freak out? fucking fuck you. Oh, yeah. They're like, you owe us for airline. I'm like, you fucking owe me for this bullshit. So that was crazy. Yeah, but that was that was put together by Americans that now were trying to make a buck off of me. Yeah, yeah. How many years were you were you out there? Oh, I was in China for five years. It's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. I got to learn how to speak the language, and that's the thing that fascinated me. You're telling me that you made your own phonetic right workbooks, basically on on language. Right, and like I said, it's easy. It's all phonics is is that person's interpretation of how they heard it. And so I just wrote it down the way I heard it, and that's how I learned the language. Yeah. You know, the, as far as writing characters, that was not, totally out of my happening. league. Yeah. 5,000 characters. Yeah, and languages like to, to learn Fijian or something like that, that would be something you could write down, you could get a value from that because it, a lot of that is sounded out. Right. Um, but... but I would just be lost. You, it's not even an alphabet that you can recognize or anything. Like It looks like art. Like, exactly. Ugh. Exactly. At least like with a Fijian language, it's written out. Right. You know, Bula is B-U-L-A. Yeah, yeah. Vanaka vaka levu. You know, it's it's very easy to to sound out, pronounce. Yep. So, I love it. How uh, is is the pollution in Hong Kong... The same as it is in mainland China? Yeah. It is. Freaking, it's not as bad as like Beijing. But it's like Shanghai. It's pretty bad, dude. The freaking skies are gray. It's wild, man. They're gray, and they're like, yeah, this is a sunny day, bro. It's a good day. This is a good day. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I can't even see the sky. It's, it's so that, thick uh, and gray. The guy told me, he says there's a, there's a cap, a per capita, an annual capita of income base that is in correlation to how bad the pollution is. And they, he uh-huh. said above $5,000 per individual is when the pollution starts to get better. Like you'll, you'll start to get better air quality as the country gets richer. And he, and he said, so that's just starting to happen in China uh-huh. to where the whole, the entirety of the people um, 
it's leveling off to a point where all the air is going to get better, which would be done. I, if that I don't know how that's going to happen. Well, your government imposed restrictions. Like when I was there, right? There, there was like like the one thing about having emissions a, and stuff like that. Right? Having that, they they go yeah they go uh, on Wednesday. There's going to be no more gas motors on mopeds, and that, that's your ass if you got a gas motor on a moped. Then right. and there's they're, they're just all electric little well, mopeds they're, they're everywhere. Super strict when when they say. Hey, this isn't going to happen. You better listen. Yeah, yeah or you're going to get massively fined. It's yep. just like the whole deal with the babies. You know, right. you can't have any little right. girls. You know, now, is that true too? That when I was a kid, they were like, yeah, they throw their they throw their little girls into the river and they kill them. Like they do whatever they can because they want to carry the family name. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, if you had money, you could pay. You know, if you decided to keep, to keep it, it, yeah, you'd have to pay the government a ton wow. of money. But now they found that. That is actually, it wasn't a great idea. And so now they're, they're promoting more babies, more uh, girls. Well, more girls for sure. Yeah. Somebody told me, I'd, I'd heard, I forget who was saying this. Oh, it was the dude that wrote Sex at Dawn. And Chris, he was, he was talking about um, that there's an actual city in China because there's so few women and there's so many men between the ages of, you know, 12 and 60 or whatever that want to fuck that there's cities that are made of um, sex machines, like of, of different kind that you would go, or they're, they're like the, prost- simians, the, pro- the, the, pro- the yeah, simian yeah, machines, crazy. just to satisfy the women. Crazy. That's crazy. Crazy. And then he said, there's actually a waning population in Japan because of anime porn. Uh-huh. And because it's so popular that there's and there's anime whorehouses and such, and that guys will go to that, but they don't want to fuck their wives. They want what? this experience, and so that they're they're seeing less numbers of population, which I thought was a fucking what a crazy marker. That is crazy. It's a, it's amazing, you know, coming out of the U.S. into different areas of the world like that and seeing different things like that. That's nuts. And what's normal? You know, you just look at it like what's. I mean, I remember. Well, thing, you see, like in Japan, they have the vending machines where they sell like right used panties right in a vending machine. Right. Did you watch Orange Is the New Black? Uh. Uh-huh. There's a, it's a prison movie about these women, right. and, and one of the businesses that they make are selling prisoner panties. And then uh, <laughs> the guys that are packaging them and shipping them out, they're like, well, we'll get a little miso. And like they start making their own concoction that might smell like pussy a little bit. And, they start, and, then, and then they cut they cut out the women completely. It's hilarious. That is hilarious. So miso makes uh, that, panties smell like pussy. They had a little concoction, pussy. I guess, yeah. Miso, wasabi. Oh, that's a spicy, spicy one right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I wonder what the Mexican version is. Some refried beans and um, I don't know jalapenos. Wonder if they would change that racially. <laughs> it could be. Now, what is your nationality? Uh, I'm mostly Scottish. Scottish. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm a very dark Scotsman. Dude, you have gotten so dark since you yeah, got yeah, here. Yeah. Because you were already dark, but now yeah. you're like that. Danny, Sal dark. Danny would keep coming up to me, and she's like brother (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, man it's funny because uh like i told you earlier kelly slater was like yeah you know me and me and tate kind of look alike you know we're both bald and uh green eyes and everything i'm like yeah but he looks like you fucking ate like five (laughs) of you (laughs) it's crazy i look at him and then i look at like shane's kid and Uh like how it's like that must be how shane and kelly grew up like just bombing like that on beaches in the sun Having and the water and just you know kelly's from florida so he's constantly in the water on the beach yeah shane's from hawaii same thing jackson he's grown up 
it's your life. You know, this ocean, this magnificent yep. thing that we de- freaking destroy, you know, by it's true. You go to all, and, you know, speaking of a lot of these countries, they dump all their shit into the water. Well, I was in the Dominican. In the rivers, in the oceans, and the, they don't give we, a shit. We filmed a thing down there, and I see, and it's, it's ocean that is every bit or more so as beautiful as this that we're looking at right now. Uh-huh. And, uh, and they, there's zero water culture on the whole. So there's a little, there's a couple points in the north part, but in the southern aspect of Dominican Republic, it's all so polluted that you'll get sick if you go in there because the river, which runs through the middle of the country, it, that's where all the refuse goes. Right. And so it's just like a big human sewage dump out there, and there's a reef that holds it all in, yeah. and they're like, yeah, you don't get in the water. Nobody gets in the water. That's how it is in Indonesia, freaking all these third really? world countries, Indonesia, Bangladesh, how India. How is this saved? <sighs> it takes every single person coming together... And making a difference, yeah. you know, stop throwing your shit in the water. Recycle. I mean, there's for sure going to be you a time. You can make money recycling. If they took that throughout every one of these countries and made every single person aware that, hey, we're going to give you five cents for so every plastic about, bottle. About or the every, Maldives. Yeah. That, or Maldives, I'm not sure how to say it. But the, there's another island there that they just burn the trash that they've... They've kind of ruined the whole island simply to be like an incinerator right. for waste well, that would not normally be there anyway because it's one of the wealthiest places to vacation in the world. Yeah, you know, that's that's another tough thing. You know, being that, you know, me from Hawaii, you know, we have to deal with our own refuge as well, too. And um, so we have to burn it. We have to bury it. We have, we're running. We ship it out. Right. Um, because we have no more places to put it. Um, you think, oh, well, just throw it in the volcano, you know, but you can't do that. We would think, I mean, that would be a great, great. It's always interesting to me about to like, capitalism in that way. If there's not money involved in it, nobody's looking for invention, really, or ingenuity. Right. And, right. And, and how, you know, the, all the great aspects of capitalism, which there's a plenty, uh, but they, they when they, it, it should be a crime that you could litigate when they hold back progression and evolution of the species or of, mm. or, or of good thought like we would have green energy right now yeah, we, we wouldn't be burning fossil fuels we would have uh, uh, motors that were, would way beyond like whatever Tesla's done yeah. you know what I mean it's, and it's like we don't do that we, we would make things only that we could go oh and, and then this becomes compostable and we would make that yeah, a but thing then it, it falls back to those, those um, corporate companies you know, that don't want us to have that stuff right now. You know, Tesla invented all these things way back, and it scared oh, Nicola, the yeah. shit out of yep. everybody. They, well, that's why even Elon Musk with Tesla right now, he said, you can open, he opened source, he let all his books go out, all his research. He goes, mm-hmm. you can open source it all. And I think that that is all, it does two things. It, it makes other people go, okay, it's available to me too, so I can have some invention here, and it creates a, um, perhaps a good healthy competition that makes that grow quicker right as evolution that's how it happens but then also to keep from getting killed yeah and going all my secrets are out there guys it's what it is well one of the things about uh nikolai test tesla is like when he passed away fbi raided his home right off the bat yeah. took every i know thing out of there grand, Just, one of his grand heirs tried to get his stuff through freedom of information acts and they said, oh, no, we, we've lost that. Or it was oh, or destroyed. And, like, that's hilarious. Like, the smartest guy in the world ever that we know that's lived 
Right. And we just lost all his notes. Right. Well, we also just lost, you know, all of Hillary, Hillary Clinton's emails, too. So it's it shows it's possible. It's all of it. It's hilarious. <laughs> it is. It's super it's hilarious, It's a crazy magic man. trick. It is. And, you know, I don't know if we'll ever be able to stop anything like that. But, um, yeah, there's, there's so many things that we can do here. And, and it's just starting with the simple things, like I said, recycling. And if you start with that and saw, show that people can actually make a make a saw penny those six or pack something, containers, they're making those all compostable now. Are they? There's been yeah, there's been a big move towards that. Yeah, but you get like I said, you go into some of these countries like Indonesia. Yeah, it's freaking gnarly, bro. Dominican was like that too. Garbage everywhere. And you remember that giant tsunami they had there? Uh huh. Well, you know, so many people lost their lives in that thing bodies that my sister went there to um immediately to help with relief and is she, she still out of hawaii no she's in southern california uh-huh. and so she um went over to indonesia and uh banda Acha and started helping the people over there and helping rebuild and she goes i've never seen anything like it before in my entire life and now all these rivers that were full of trash are still full of trash but had nothing but bloated dead bodies floating all through yeah. the rivers, all out to sea. Uh, yeah, it was it was just horrible, devastating, horrible. It changed your life forever. And um, it's yeah, the thing you look at the vastness of what the ocean is, and it seems like that'll absorb whatever the chronic cancer is that we're throwing it, and it just eventually a day comes. Yeah, it's interesting, man. Well, um, you know, you've had some pretty cool things going on in your life. Yeah. Um, you've been pretty blessed. Uh, you've been a UFC fighter. Yeah. Um, how'd you get started? In I that? just saw, dude, I just saw there's like three guys that missed weight. They have a, there's a big fight tonight. Yeah. Tonight, tomorrow. I'm kind of lost in the days because I travel today and I go back yeah, in time. Yeah, today's Saturday, which is Friday back home. Right. Right. And I'll arrive in L.A., on Saturday, also after traveling 12 hours or something. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, but now what's at stake, my friend Donald Cerrone mm-hmm. is supposed to fight this guy, uh, Calvin Gastelum, and he didn't make weight. Uh-huh. Calvin didn't. But there's now, I don't know, like a million dollar per. There's a lot of money at stake for that, and that then Donald's own income. It's just, which is awesome. When you, what's, back to your question, I guess, when I started, how I got started into it all, it was just like a love of the game thing, for real. And um, I know we were talking the other day, and, and you actually, you told me you started stick fighting. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Which seems, you know, yeah, like for a normal fun, person like me, it's like, oh, that's freaking heavy shit. It's so fun, man. It was, yeah. uh, it was the first time I ever really felt like, uh, I, I started putting in, I started going, I could recreate this feeling uh-huh. that I'd felt when I was a kid and like, um, Be- beating up your brother with no, no. But if you go like bats, if and you're shit. being chased and yeah. the police is are like that kind of adrenaline or you're hiding and you don't want to get caught and you're waiting for the, for the lights to go by you or something right, like that. Right. And you feel like your heart is going to betray you because it's beating so hard that it's going to show to people around you even though you're the only one and you're freaking out in your sweat and that that kind of feeling of like uh it's like kind of a highly adrenalized state and all that and where if then when it's time to move you need to move correctly because there's no room for tripping or slipping you know and um and the first time i did a stick fight like uh i'd i'd 
I fought with my friend who was my roommate, uh, Isaac, and Isaac fought in the UFC um, late, later, a few years later, but he, uh, he and I, we, we were the first ones. We lived together, and so we would go, and we'd, I'd go, hey, you, it'd be like going to, like the way you ask somebody to play catch. Uh-huh. You want to go fight in the backyard? And so we would get sticks, and we'd get like a fencing mask, and, and that would be it, and then we'd just <laughs> go and we'd scrap. And um, we must have fought, like, and we got introduced to it. Like, if we got introduced to it on day one, we probably fought 100 times or something or right. 150 times by the time day 40 rolled around. And there's like, a group, Arlen Sanford um, was our teacher, and there was a couple guys that he'd trained that were around. So we'd just all fight amongst ourselves. Uh-huh. And I went to a gathering of the Dog Brothers then in Huntington Beach. and um, Or no, in Hermosa Beach. And... Um, and the first time I ever fought, man, it, like when there's people around, there's like, here's 200 people that are looking and there's like, it's like a trip, you know? And yeah. they're just in lawn chairs having beers, watching like 15 or 20 crazy guys fight. With sticks. With sticks. Because <laughs> um, it's one thing when you're just fighting, but now yeah. you're fighting with sticks. It's different. The sticks now, get a little higher. Now, if you say like you get a stick knocked out of your hand. Yeah, I lost one once. Or, or both of your sticks knocked out of your hand. You still got to keep fighting this right. guy. Now you go into punches you can and quit kicks, if right? You want. Right. You can quit. I think you find. I think that was the cool thing is you find out who you are in those kinds of instances. And I, I fought a guy. I don't know. At like my. I don't know if it was my third or my fifth gathering that I went to. And he says, I want to fight with these sticks. And so you agree on weapons first, you know. And there's mm. guys like Arlen's fought guys with chains, bats, uh, bow staffs, uh, whips that'll take you down to the bone. Right. But. Um, but there's a trick in all that to fight guys like that. I'd much rather have a stick, like a 30-inch stick would be, that's way preferable than any of those to me. But I, anyway, I, so I fought, uh, I fought with this guy's sticks. I was like, okay, he's, and he wanted to fight with a bigger, heavier diameter stick, which is weightier. Are they like bamboo sticks? Or are they uh, like-, like rattan, yeah. Okay. And so it's, it's, a, it's a dense, fibrous wood, but not like a hardwood. And... I, I'm swinging, and, and usually I would tape. I would, like, put hockey tape or athletic tape around the... Um, to make kind of a grip. Yeah. So yeah. I could... And my hands are sweaty. It's hot California sun. And I swing, and and I don't, I'm not even coming down. And, and it just is out into the stratosphere of my stick. And there I am standing there in front of this guy. Right. And... And he's like, ha-ha, and I'm, like, stunned. I'm like, I can't even believe this is happening. Now what next? And then dunk, like, right across the top of this top quadrant of my head. (laughs) And I go down to a knee, and I'm flashed out. And I was like, uh, and the only thing in my head, like when I said you get to find out who you are kind of in these kinds of scenarios, the only thing I thought of was it would be so embarrassing to get knocked out in front of all these people. Right. And then I kind of forced, like, it's like kind of like when you get... When you get choked out, for sure, it's not it's not the same really getting knocked out, but you feel like the, the elevator doors of consciousness kind of close in on you and it goes black. And, and I, I kind of felt like I was pushing through that and, and I open my eyes and I look and I see his shoes. And I don't know how many times I've been hit, but then I just dive, I tackle his legs and, and right. crawled up on him and I, I beat him until he quit. But... Uh, that, but yeah, that's what happens. Like you can do that. I, or I beat a guy. The very first fight I did, there was like a big fight. A guy I'd seen in a bunch of tapes, and they called him Dogzilla. He was crazy, like a savage, and um, he used to play marine football and uh-huh. stuff like that. 
And he, he, uh, I hit him and he dropped his stick. I hit, I hit him in the hand and, and he dropped his stick. And so he's standing there and then he quit as he's standing there. And I, and I had always regretted I'd, what I'd always wanted to do, what I wish I'd have done is I wish I would have had the thinking to go, oh, and throw him my stick and then run in and tackle him. Like right. that would have been awesome instead of letting him quit. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, anyway, it, it, it brought a lot, man. It was fun. It was fun. Did you ever fight with somebody with a chain or a whip? Uh, no, a bat one time with no hands. I yeah. fought a guy. Like, but here's the deal. Here's the trick I was going to tell you is that, um, you know, a chain or a whip or something like that, even a bat, it's so heavy to, to rechamber it and recycle for swing number two. Right. It's all a timing game then. And so if I own mm-hmm. distance and timing and I can commit you to a swing, you're in trouble. Right. Because that's the one swing that you get. Because you can get and two not, and now we're even. in between his one, right? Well, or I can, even if I'm unarmed, I can rush. And right. so if, and if my distance is close and my weapons are closer, mm-hmm. then you can't ever rechamber that weapon again. Like if it's a whip, a whip becomes useless if we're in striking distance. Right. Right, absolutely. So, you got to be like at least 10, 15 yeah, feet yeah, away. Yeah, depending on the length of whip, for sure. Ah, that sounds crazy. Have you seen some people just totally fucked up by that shit? I don't know. I mean, you get. I've seen guys knocked out and broken fingers. Um, sometimes you get hit in the skin and it'll, it'll welt so quickly that the skin will separate and uh-huh. break apart because it swells up so much. Right. Um, or like crazy phenomenon, like I would get hit in my forearm on top and like, instantly the whole bottom bruises uh. like it just sends sound waves through your body like it just depends where you get hit and how you get hit and then i've hit guys so hard man i hit this guy eric canals one time so hard across the inside of his thigh i was up and i went down to a knee and i and it was and i saw it instantly goes red swells like i was like and like like isaac out of finished like that like and and uh this guy he was a veteran man and he looks at he looks down and he goes nice shot and that was it. And I was like, oh, fuck. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> now, um, did you ever, were those sanctioned things? Like, no, uh-uh. Like, did the cops ever come nope. try and raid them or not, anything? None that I know of. I know they've moved indoors since then. They used to go to a guy, Rico Ciaparelli's school, uh, R1, and um, a place Frank Trigg used to fight out of, too. And then, uh, and then they went to Dan and the Santos, I think, for a while. And I'm not sure where they're doing them now. Yeah. But they, they've gone to indoor gyms now. Right. And then you, so after all this, then you just started fighting, you know. Well, and then I, I started I, doing, I started doing jiu-jitsu heavy, heavy. Right. Because what we found in stick fights, you close the distance like that, that like you you're got on the ground, to, and if you don't know what's happening on the ground, you're a you child. You got to finish it out, right. And so um, I started doing jiu-jitsu, and then my grips, you know, you get hit in the hand and your knuckles swell up, and now you can't make a grip anywhere. And so it was either jiu-jitsu or stick fighting mm-hmm. for me, and so... Uh, and I went in, and I just went on a terror on the competition um, with jiu-jitsu. Well, I, rem- I remember when you were on Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, and that, and that was probably, what was that, maybe 05 or 06 or uh-huh. something like that, yeah. maybe? Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah, that was good. I, I love that stuff. Yeah, it was great. That was the first time we, we, we got excited about it. I heard... Diego that was, was kind going of your, on to the show. Like, introduction to freaking the UFC world. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd had a bunch of fights in like uh, I'd fought in WEC before then, and I'd fought in King of the Cage, and then a couple other like kind of no name one off regional shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was at a time in New Mexico. So Diego got this thing, and they're like they're doing this show, and the, like 
So the, and the UFC was dark for a while. Like their, their yeah. early days were owned by SEG, and and SEG then went bankrupt. And then Zuffa bought them for I think two million dollars, like two or three years later. But the internet was dark at that time, and or the 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 fight world. And so the internet was the only place like you'd get blog sites and stuff. Abu Dhabi Combat Club or on the mat. My buddy Scotty mm-hmm. Nelson and, and Gumby they would write. Um, Articles about jiu-jitsu and about fights. And, and so you'd kind of know, and there's an old, like, Full Contact Fighter was an old newspaper kind of fold-out uh, magazine that would have different fight news from the Midwest and stuff like that. And so there's, like, if you were, if you were into it, there was little places where you could eke information out that would keep you connected. And then um, Diego went on the show, man, and then everything started changing and Diego came back home and he was like, things are, things are about to be different. Right. And we couldn't really have imagined what happened. Then he won, you know, uh, the ultimate fighter that year and got a hundred thousand dollar contract. But before that, it's like, you know, we're all guys that are making between $400. I mean, Keith and I, I think our first fights, uh, Jardine was $400 to show and $400 if you win. So you can make $800. Right. And, and the first bunch of fights are like that, you know, and then you maybe get, uh, you know, if you're a pretty advanced fighter, you'd be making a thousand and a thousand or if you could ask $2,000, Ooh, you were, you were rich. Like you were really doing it, man. And, uh, and that was kind of, I mean, like cowboy came to the gym and cowboy had, I think 20 Muay Thai fights, like professional Muay Thai fights and was undefeated. And then I, he was like six and oh, or something like that in MMA. And still, like, a huge record like that. He's making two grand a fight or something like that. That was ridiculous. And so then things have started. And, and right now, when Kelvin backed out, that's what blows my mind about Kelvin backing out of that fight is because... Uh, what kind of purses are they right not, now? Now, Cowboy just signed a deal for $1.8 a year for two years. How many fights? So, so, and that's four guaranteed fights. And so if they don't fight him, he gets paid $1.8 anyway. So he'll make 1.8 this year, 1.8 next year with eight possible fights. And then I know for this, I think he was getting uh, points on Uh pay-per-view, which is huge. That's like, you know, if you get a point, like on Madison Square Garden, if you get a point, it's got to be a million or a million and a half dollars or something like that. It's like big money. And, like uh, like this last what two F- UFC friggin' two hundred and whatever with Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor right like what are you, what do you think those guys are making for the fight the last one or the first one for either one the first one I think Conor got a million he either got one or two million I think it was one million and then Nate got five hundred thousand and and that was they juiced that money up because he was fighting on like a nine day notice right he was a last minute guy. And so they normally wouldn't have paid him that. Like, if they would have asked him three months, they would offer him a $100,000 fight or something like that. Right. Um, and Nate's a huge longtime veteran. Like, he's a, yeah. and he's a draw. Yeah. And, and so he's still going to get paid nothing next to Connor, basically. See, I, I see that as absolutely ridiculous when you're looking at these um, boxing yeah. guys. Oh, it's you tremendous. Know? Yeah. And they're making. Thirty million dollars, monodimensional freaking, yeah. yeah, and they're making thirty million dollars a fight. UFC guys are in there going, giving it every single thing that they have. They're not making shit. UFC is making a shitload of money. That, that in reflection, they sold it or they bought it for two million, right? And then they sold it this last year, it's two thousand sixteen, 
Um, so they owned it for, I think, since 2002, maybe they picked it up, I want to say. And so they own it for 14 years, and they sell it for $4 billion they <laughs> built it up into, right? What and the so fuck? there's that that's happened, and, and, the, and the pay scales have just started going up this year. It was only four or five years ago that guys started getting insurance. Like, I know guys yeah. in the early days um, before me that were getting two and two to fight on pay-per-view, uh, $2,000, $2,000, um, but they had to pay their own medicals. So you got $2,000 for an MRI and for all your medicals and everything. You've flown to or Vegas. You, you get something You've, like... It costs you money to fight on a pay-per-view card. You get something like Cyborg got last year where his whole forehead got crushed in. Yeah, crazy. You know? Crazy injury. And you got to pay for your own medical? That's fucked up. Well, the UFC just started paying. That. Well, I'm like, just saying, like, if you get hurt in a fight, example, if you get hurt in a fight, right. th- I'm sure they're taking care of cyborg stuff. Right, but that be- fight has but insurance before, for that. Take that back a couple of years. Yeah, but that wasn't a UFC fight. That's a different promotion. Okay. Uh, but he, uh, if you if you're hurt, the the fight has to be sanctioned for whatever hotel they're in, for wherever the state makes them get insurance for that night. But the problem would be like. Um, my buddy Cub Swanson, he was getting ready for a fight, and he got hurt in practice. Uh-huh. A guy uh, kneed him in the face, and he broke his orbital bone a couple weeks out from a fight. So Cub's worked for three months, and now there's no fight. Well, there's no, like, he also has to take care of his own, like, he, that's a training injury, so the UFC's not paying for that. Mm-hmm. Now they, they've given you full health insurance, gotcha. which is, you know, you would say it's, it's a nice thing. It's a beneficial thing. But the nice thing about the Conor Nate thing, the next fight, they were going to give Nate the same and they were going to give Connor the same or more. And Connor then said, I, well, I quit. I retired. Right. And, and, uh, cause Connor was privy to the deal and he, he said, well, what's Nate getting? And he found out and he says, well, fuck this then. And he wrote a tweet that w- went kind of viral that said, um, thanks for the money. I'm out of the game. And, uh, and, and then 20 minutes later, Nate writes a tweet that says, I guess I quit too. See you guys. And, uh-huh. uh, and what that was was Connor was negotiating in a way for Nate, from what I heard. Right. And that he, awesome. he said, uh, he beat me, and it's dishonorable for me to take more money than he's going to make. Like, well, you have to pay us the same at least. Right. And so, that, it, and that was really fucking that cool. That was real stand up. So it's nice, like the... It's almost like they went on strike. There's no union, yeah. but the fighters are getting together for their common health. And I think, you know, if you take that metric out into the macrocosm of the world. It's like what you were saying earlier. We need to get together because there's nobody coming to save us. Mm-hmm. There's nobody on our side. The government or the UFC promotion or whoever it is that you're looking to that is the power that be, the powers that be are not going to come and save us. Never. They're we gotta, only looking we out got, for We got to lock arms and we got to save each other. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, and, uh, it, and it's a beautiful thing when you see that that come together like that. That's the stuff that gives me hope. It's so easy to be hopeless in a world like this. But you see stuff like that and you're like, man, that that instills hope. It instills brotherly love, mm-hmm. harmony, things of righteousness, honesty, integrity, things that you think should be that so often get supplanted with greed and with hatred and with people trying to look at differences and all that kind of stuff. Um, it, and it's like what you were talking about in the election. I mean, everybody cheering for this side or that side. Now people are just as disenfranchised as they were feeling before the election, after the election. Yeah. And I was like, at the end of the day, there's nothing that's different. It's uh. not, Bob Hurley, he said a great thing to me on his way. He goes, you know, 
He says, what do you think about this? I said, I think it's a weird magic trick, and people are pretending that it matters so that they can be scared, and then they're good. I, I, don't, I don't really know what's going on. There's so many big plays that happen on that kind of a level. Who knows? But I'm refusing to be scared about whatever, regardless of who wins this or whatever. This is before the election. And he goes, also, it doesn't matter because the guy in charge, he says, I own a company, and I can't just say stuff and get it done. It's yeah. got to go through a lot of channels, and that's a, a relatively small company. Right. I mean, if you look on the scope of things. And I was like, yeah, but it's like nobody has that juice to, to make that shit move, you know? Yeah, yeah, and they think, oh, my God, he's got his finger on the, on the freaking nuclear right. trigger. Right. You know? right, Even that has got a protocol. Yeah, so. yeah, and all that stuff, too, that he said, it's like now coming out like, I'm not going to repeal Obamacare. I'm not like, who knows, man? Like, like all the stuff he says, he says to jazz up certain people because maybe he dives in. He goes, well, there's a huge antipathy here with, you know, with racism and with this and with that and all this stuff. And, and people are scared of, uh, you know, a religion now, which is a crazy thing. You know, that's the other thing I told those guys in China. I was like, you guys fuck with religion here at all? And they're like, yeah, we don't really do that. No. And uh, I go, rad. I go, we're about to have a religious war back in the States. And, he, and he's like, huh? And I go, yeah, everybody's positioning themselves like they're trying to conflate the word Islam with terror and all this shit. And I said, it's just a trip. I said, and I mean, it's, it's just as weird either way. And people are fighting for this ideology that they don't even fully understand. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a weird deal. We live in a weird, I, I can't imagine that this is real. As soon as I saw Donald Trump and he and, um, the guy he was running against for the nomination. And they have a big dick contest on stage. Yeah. And they're like, my dick's plenty big enough or whatever. And they start, he's like, put <laughs> your hand up to mine. And all that. I was like, this is fucking insane. These are 70-year-old men. These right. are grandfathers in three-piece suits in silk ties pretending to be grown-ups talking about a big dick contest for the biggest fucking seat in the world. Yeah. I'm like, there's got to be an alternate universe where their gods are just laughing their fucking asses off and going, oh, these guys, well, as soon as they get released from this earth, they'll come to a better place and they'll understand it was just a joke. <laughs> it has to be something crazy because this can't be real. It can't this is be real, silly. dude. It's, you know, this whole thing has taken such a reality TV show thing. It really has. If I don't see Kanye running in 2020, fuck you, Kanye. Get yeah. your shit together. You and Kim run out there, you'd be a strong team. <laughs> oh, my God. And then you've got, you know, it's it's... It, I, I'm going back to Obama. You know, it's it's turned even even back to Clinton. Um, it's turned into such a deal where you have to bring Hollywood in. You know, it's weird, huh? Um, well, since Ron, not, Ronald Reagan was the first actor we had as president, right? And um, you got to bring Hollywood in, and uh, you know, I'm friends with everybody. Let's throw all these killer Jay Z and Beyonce parties and have everybody over, and we're gonna rock out like like rock stars and I'm going to be on every single one of these talk shows every week. I'm going to be on the Double Jimmy shows twice a week. Right. Saturday night and live got, showing everybody a guy that had his funny. own show. Exactly. Um, yeah. And it's, I don't want to see that shit. It's interesting. I hire you. I vote for you to get into an office so I only have to see you one time and that's when you give that speech in front of the Senate. Let us know something's fucked up. You're going to deal with it. Otherwise, I don't want to see you on freaking late night talk shows. I don't know. That's just yeah. my own opinion. Yeah. So I don't like it because whenever the president comes to L.A., 
you can't drive anywhere. This fucking seems horribly selfish. Just happened in Oahu. Um, he came for the holidays and shut everything down. They said, okay, you're gonna, all the highways are going to be shut down. It's so silly because from one how about you just chopper anywhere? Yeah. You, you, got, you got presidential privilege. You could sh- chopper anywhere and not fuck up the whole road. Yeah, and so they shut the highways down at noon. He's six hours late coming in. <laughs> Everything was shut down. It's a trip, huh? And you're going, are you fucking kidding me? I had to rearrange my whole entire day, make sure I didn't go this way across the island. Right. And the motherfucker doesn't even show up. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's absolute bullshit. But, you know, speaking of, I, I don't want to sit here though. and It's funny, man. No, I think it's fuckers. hilarious, man. I, I think it's funny, too, especially looking at Trump right now. And, I, I, and the one thing that is super interesting, I go... I don't know. Wait and see how it turns out. Is that he's never held any office at all before? He doesn't know what the Constitution says. He doesn't know anything. Right. And 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 he's he's now in this position where and and I, I like that about Ross Perot way back in the day. I don't know I if did. you remember Ross I did. Perot. I voted but like, for him. But like I thought, had man, dinner with him once. That's a crazy guy that built himself up to be a billionaire, and he's out there like, and he's a little crazy. Yeah. But I was like, that could be my guy. Like I want somebody that is a. Uh, you know, it's like it's like uh, it's like that idea of like the scariest answer ever when you ask why are we doing it this way is because we've always done it this way. Yeah. You know, and maybe there's a new way that's better and different. It's like we're, we've been stuck in this fucking rut, mired in this in this certain kind of politics yep. that we have. That there are no good representatives. There's no. zero good representatives. There's people that are born right now that their parents are positioning them to be senators and shit. Mm-hmm. And that's gay as fuck. Yeah. And not in the good gay way, all you gays out there, but in the shitty way. Yeah. It's fucking stupid, <laughs> that's man. The backdoor it, way. It's so crazy to to have that be and, and the and that the whole Congress is all it's like ninety eight percent lawyers. Mm-hmm. Where are the doctors? Where are the teachers? Where are other representatives well, stop, of America? They stop paying the doctors good, and then so nobody a, wants to be a fucking and the, doctor. Anymore. And then what's a lawyer's job? A lawyer's job is to argue. So for sure you're not going to get screw shit the doctors done over. in right. Congress. You're not right. doing anything there for us. Well, the one thing I like about Trump is uh, the Democrats hate him. The Republicans hate him. He stood up for. Uh, he did. He almost got kicked out of the Republican Party, huh? Absolutely. They tried every single thing so in the world <laughs> so, not to let him in This is a crazy place we're in right now, Dozer. I, it is. This is unprecedented. And that's what I loved about it is like, you know what? Nobody wants this guy. Maybe he's going to go in there and shake up all the shit that's been stagnant. True. Could be. For freaking ever. Could be. I'll stay hopeful. Whatever happens on the outside is not going to fuck with my inner peace, goddammit. I, I personally, whenever he came up for his acceptance speech yeah. after he won, um, I had a bet with Bob Hurley. And, and the bet was, is he going to come out being the... the, the Vicious motherfucker that he's been. Vicious motherfucker yeah. that he's been, or is he going to come out presidential? Yeah. And uh, Bob betted he'd come out presidential. I was like, fuck, this guy's going to come out. He's going to yeah. rock it. Yeah. He let me down. He came, and I lost because he came out presidential. He, he was re- very uh, conciliatory. Like I was waiting for him to drop a bomb as soon as he's like, and Hillary, Hillary fought a really well, uh, well fought fight. And they fought hard and like, but, <laughs> and he was he was kind through the whole thing. He wasn't like his shitty self that he showed himself to be. Uh, I thought it was interesting, man. The one thing that I think is a fucking tremendous bummer is I, I don't think it's that he's president that is the tremendous bummer. That I don't. I think that. 
what what that is is like it it's the culmination of what we are as a country which and and that's the scary thing is like that it's representative of that because either there's enough voters that are like you that are just like i just want something fucking different because this is all bullshit Mm -hmm. all the politics Mm -hmm. as usual bullshit bullshit is bullshit and then there's the people that are like the Ku Klux Klan type motherfuckers that are out there that are going, yeah, fuck that. Fuck, you know, we need to fucking kill women instead of letting them get abortions. We need to go ahead and fucking marginalize Mexicans and fucking blacks right. and everybody else. And, right. and, and, and there's all those people, because he got every one of those votes. Oh, yeah. He got all those votes. And that was a huge aspect. And I go, wow, our country is that dark a place where there's, and, and where it's like people are like, I remember he he said I don't know what he said it was, he said some really racist shit at one point, and he and like some those people type shit and sure. and all that kind of shit, uh, and which I I also I I never know if he's saying that just to get a rise or like he's like the only because he said that uh, I one can't of the most important he things he said he yeah. goes he goes the only ratings I they're like your uh, the polls are down and not in favor of you right now or whatever some reporter said that and he says. No, you know what ratings, their ratings are up. They're like, no, they're not. They're right here. He says, the only ratings I give a shit about are the Nielsen ratings. And viewership is up through the roof. People want to watch me. They want to see me shit. And I was like, wow. I said, so he'll say whatever yeah. just in order to get people looking. And he did. And uh, it turned out to be a good play, I guess. But And he overwhelmingly beat Hillary. It was crazy, well, dude. Too. I was like, I was shocked. I thought, I thought for sure. I was kind of, I'd resigned myself to being like, well, I guess it's going to be this shit sandwich for the next four years or whatever the thing is, you know? And, I, and, and then I was like, whoa, 49, 49. I was like, what's going on here? Right. But, well, first thing in the morning, Schwab, you know, told me. He was like, yeah, dude, we're going to go down. Really? Yeah. And I'm sitting here looking, and I'm, I'm just watching him steadily progress. And I'm like, uh-uh. Trump's, Crazy. Trump's going to win this thing. And he just kept beating her and beating her and beating her. And next thing you know, it was just overwhelming. There's a lot of people, too, that just didn't vote, refused to vote. Refused to vote. For, like 49% of registered voters did not show up to the polls. Yeah, you, I don't know what it was last time. I'd love to know what that I, was. I think that's bullshit. You know, We earn that right to vote. Whether it's for a candidate that you like or not, write in your own freaking name. Yep. You know, but go out there and make a difference and show that your vote or is being out Or if you, if you want there. that uh, anarchist shit, it's like, the, the, well, I mean, what would it take? How many people would have to not vote for them to go, oh, this system sucks. We need to change the system. That's not going to happen. If only three people go out and vote, the system will go on. The system is a, is a fucking machine that will keep going on. The only way to do that is if you go and we start to get more and more parties. And there's a, I think it was in, I don't know if it's, I want to say Iceland. I don't want to say the wrong place. There's a country where there's like eight parties and the two parties that get the biggest votes, they get like two presidents apiece. Really? And then another four get like one president apiece. And then those eight presidents are sit on a board basically that run the goddamn country. And I was like, that sounds fucking way better. Right. It sounds like at least then you get like these divergent groups. You get if the Green Party's got one guy and the Republicans got one guy and the Conservatives got one. Like that all seems like that works for me yeah. because then at least and, and at least then also it's a, it's almost like the reason to have a bookkeeper and an accountant. Uh-huh. If you only got one person looking at that, that person maybe is gonna maybe do something funny. But if there's two people in the room, that's not happening. You got eight guys in the room. Somebody's gonna blow the whistle if there's some shenanigans. Oh yeah. 
But aren't those some of the same countries that you see get into big fights on TV too, where they like punch each other in the face? I don't know. I gotta, I gotta research some, like, that more. Some of like English Parliament, right? And they actually get into Dude, full those fist people fights. are retarded. Fucking listen, you guys are dressing up like it's fucking seventeen hundred. <laughs> Cut it out with your wigs and your robes and shit. Uh, uh. You look silly as fuck. That is crazy. You are a hood away from being a clans <laughs> member right now in your robe. Stop I, it. I wish Ben Howard was over here right now. Yeah, because <laughs> he's from England. And uh, he would have something to say on that one right there. He would probably agree. He'd be like, yeah, those fucks. Like, Fucking but that's the, the thing, way. too, is like, regardless of who's running our country, <coughs> regardless of who's running China, who's running England, there's no English that are like, yeah, the parliament, that's the shit. Or right. there's no Chinese that are like, yeah, communism, I'm a communist. Like, there's nobody that marks themselves as that, as that you know? They're just people that are trying to love, get by with their families, right. fucking, you know, produce some food each day, like, whatever the thing is, man. And there's not like this, like, it's weird because people marginalize people in the weirdest way where they're like, yeah, that commie fucker, that yellow right. bastard, or whatever the thing is, and it's like... It's like they're, it's all the same thing, and you don't even really, like, when people talk about, like, uh, they talk about Bernie Sanders, they talked about Obama like this, too, and they talk, they throw the word socialist around a lot. Right. And then I was talking to a friend of mine, he was, uh, he was, uh, uh, he trained people how to fly Black Hawk helicopters for the Army, mm -hmm. and he was in for 30 years or something. And he was like, yeah, he's a socialist and all that, and, and blah, blah, blah. I go, I go, you don't even know what that means. You don't even know what socialism is, really. Yeah. He's like, well, they just take all of our stuff and give it to everybody. I'm like, I think that's an oversimplification. However, do you know what the biggest socialist movement that is functioning in the world is? Do you know what that group is? And he goes, uh, and he was puzzled. He gave me a puzzled look. I go, the U.S. Army. <laughs> it's the only real operating socialist movement that there's in the world. You're completely taken care of at minimal rates for forever, and we give you insurance. Right. Like, that's the deal, bro, yeah. for four years. Stop it. Yeah, Stop exactly. your socialism talk. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, I'd love to be able to know where I could put my money. When people talk about, like, oh, all this money on welfare, and we need warheads to be able to take care of ourselves, I'm like... $12 trillion for a defense budget versus $2 billion for welfare and shit or whatever, that's not the same ratio. You're not even talking about the same thing. No. You're talking about the sweat off of a stealth bomber's balls mm -hmm. like that would take care of people. Just take care of people, man. But we, we also have a lot of people that don't step up to help take care of anything either. It's so true, man. That's what I, I remember I did a thing. It was not popular, but I was on the debate uh, class in, in high school. and I'm, I must have been in 10th grade, I guess. And... And they pull topics from the hat, and they're. It, it couldn't have been a topic from the hat. It had to be we chose this, but then you didn't get to choose on which side you get to argue for. But uh -huh. it was for retardation. Uh -huh. If you're uh, retarded people, um, past a certain severity, should you um, be uh, like? Taking your sexual rights taken away. Should you be neutered or like Ooh. have your tubes tied or something like that? That's right? a heavy question. Heavy question because you're like, if you can't, if you're drooling yourself, you can't take care of yourself in the world. Should you be able to have? But another, you're horny. Have a you've baby. got a high sex drive, which they are, and that's the truth. Yep, yeah, they're just like anybody else. Should you be able to? And I, I argued again. I was like, yeah, absolutely. You take away all those. Like it just seems like common sense to me. But God, that's a horribly unpopular thing to say. That's so horribly unpopular. It's a trip. I don't know. What I don't, do I know? If I, I mean, I'm a retard anyway. I, I should, you know. 
If, if it was up to me, I'd be like, Stephen Hawkins, that one's broken. Let's put him down, and we'll start again. And I would have killed the smartest guy in the world. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't have good judgment as far as that goes. Right. Thank God. Anyway, I'm no politician, people. <laughs> I fucking love you, dude. You're so awesome. You're so straight up. You're the best. Um, we're going to uh, wrap things up here in a few seconds here. Love but, it. I want to uh, go catch these waves before we go out. We are because Kitty Land's getting higher, but you've been working on a bunch of cool projects lately. Oh, yeah, man. And you know, I just, just kind of want to throw that out there so people could know and and get hold of you. Yeah. But, you know, we're sitting here with Jen and, and Jeff and Baby Piper, yeah. who is a humongous fan of yours. She's the dopest. She, felt, she has watched your scene in Jurassic World. A million times, I guarantee she knows it by heart. It's cool. All she was doing was waiting to see you and meet you. I, I, so I, I, I sat, I got to sit next to Jeff on the boat uh-huh. on the way out here, and uh, he goes, "Yeah, so you're you're in the." And I go, "Yeah, yeah." And he goes, "My girl Piper, she uh, she recognized you on the beach or whatever, and she's all excited." So I was super excited when I got here. I was like, "Can't wait to meet Piper, man." Yeah. Because yeah, she's and, dope. And you're so, you, dude, you're so good with all the kids here. That's so fun, man. They it's so, love you to death. It's so neat. Like, that's the thing, too, is, like, out of the city, like, you're, you know, they're into movement. All the kids, and, and even kids that are city kids that come here, it's like, you know, like, Jackson and Charlie show them the way or whatever. Right. And it's like this, it's it's cool, man. This this familial vibe that's here, man, it, 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 uh, it, it makes you want to have family. It makes you yeah. want to be, like, because... Damn, this is, it's special. And I think, you know, we did a thing. Lakey asked us a question last night, and she said, uh, what are the three, your three takeaways, your three most important things or whatever from the island, right? And, um, and we went around, and it was, you know, me and Lindsay and Logan and Sal and Sal's lady and, uh, and then Lakey's mom. And, you know, every one of the things that I thought about, it just comes back to people. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and, it, and it's like the connectivity of the people. Or, or like, you know, you see you know, Kelly Slater getting just as excited or Bob Hurley, who's been around more waves than I'll uh, ever see in my life. Like get just as excited about, you know, my Lomox ass getting up on a little wave in kitty land as he is. If if Kelly catches one at cloud break or something, he spent so much time out here by himself in little one foot waves while it's pumping everywhere else. Yep. Just on a longboard having fun. And then Vava just out here who's great. He could be elsewhere. He could be anywhere. He's out there helping. Like the whole thing, man. And, and like that kind of like, you know, the community enriching the community is, is uh, it's a beautiful thing. People ask me, how come it's like worthwhile? Like Deuce Gym is like that. Logan's mm-hmm. Gym back yep. there. It's like, you know, everybody's just as invested as, as somebody getting their 145-pound deadlift pull as they are somebody getting their 600-pound deadlift. It, the, the, the amounts don't matter. It's, the, it's that you're out there trying and that you're a part of it. And they're mm-hmm. like, look at them. And they know how hard that is. You can recognize that. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that's, that's what the value is. The value is inspiration for your whole life. You know, that's what I encourage anybody to do. Do shit that, that is so inspiring and be around people so inspiring and find those people and they're around you. It's bullshit. If you say they're not, they're out there, man. We're everywhere. And you get around those people and that ripples into your whole life. Yeah. And, that, and that's been the, the coolest thing about it, you know? And the coolest thing about being around, you know, like I was talking to Lakey, I was like, how crazy, you know, you're in this. Not even you couldn't even mark the percentile of people of women that make money surfing, mm-hmm. and she can make her living. Her and another sixteen girls or whatever on the tour can make their living surfing. Yeah, and uh, 
and how incredibly phenomenal that is that like here's how I've taken play and I've I've gone into this next realm or like we're just on this show and it was cool because me and Keith and Donald all used to train together uh, and Donald is getting ready for this fight that just got nixed tonight um, but we're 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 out and um and and one of our other friends Clint Roberts. He's working on this film, too, and it's called Godless. It's a Netflix thing, a Steven Soderbergh Netflix thing, and it's a Western. And, and Clint's out there. He's really good with the rope, but he's lassoing feet and stuff like that, uh-huh. like, you know? And uh, he says, who knew when my mom was going, guys, quit screwing around out there. Get in here for lunch. And I'm doing just exactly the stuff that I'm getting paid for today to be on a movie, you know? <laughs> and it, it's just it's cool, quit man. Quit fighting more, with your brother. Exactly. The more you can get into play... Uh, the better life is, man, and that never losing play. And I think that's the energy of this this trip too. Has been that, man, and and I really appreciate it, Dozer, man. What a great thing to be able to be a part of. Well, you know, dude, you are somebody that has inspired me big time. Um, I started listening to podcasts. Uh, oh, let's see, I started this thing a year ago, and so a good six months before, and you were one of my favorite podcasts. Thank you, man. And I would listen to him all the time, and I'm like, fuck, Tate is insane. I can do this. Yeah. And I didn't even know that you were friends with Logan or yeah, anybody, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, And so you were insp- so inspiring to me. You're talking about being inspirational and stuff. And yeah. you were so inspiring to me that when I found out that you were friends, you know, yeah. we started talking back and forth on Instagram yep. and stuff like that. and. And uh, I was just like, and then Jackie, I, Jackie also right, brought us together. Yeah, right. Yeah, and um, I was like, I've got to get this guy over here because awesome, I know man. that I'm going to be friends with this guy for the rest of my life. Yep. And we're going to have fun. We're going to travel. I'm already we're thinking here, shit. man. I'm like, I'm like, I really, I've got to like for real start. A, I get a get a trip to to uh, to Hawaii soon now. You have, like, to. Yeah. you have to. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Especially for this big wave stuff going on. Oh, well, that's just dude, a bonus. we'll put you on a jet ski right at Jaws. We're watching the Jaws so contest crazy. this morning. And we'll so put you crazy. out there with the Skull Candy Boys, Skull yeah. Base Boys. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, dude, they'll put you right there next crazy, to the pit. Dude. And you'll be like, oh, the, my God. I mean, God. this is an off- awesome creation of God and nature here that, that happens out here. And that happens at that break that you can see yep. from the sky as you fly. This is wild, man. What a special thing. What a special thing. Yeah. Like I said, special things, though. You've got some cool things going on. You're yeah. in a, yeah, a man. few different movies and yeah, TV shows Yeah, I just came out. Right there's, a, there's a thing, uh, True Memoirs of an International Assassin. I got, I'm got. i in the trailer of that. that just, I just got hit up with on this morning. Sick. And uh, The Accountant, I think, is maybe still in theaters right now. Yeah, you and, you're, you fought Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Westworld, I'm in a couple of Which those episodes. Which is one of my favorite shows. I hope really they keep cool. you through that. Really cool. I hope so, too. And, um, yeah, absolutely one of my favorite shows. And, and what else you got going on? Um, 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 oh, the, 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 something called Bloodfather with uh, Mel Gibson. I uh, had a little role in that. Uh, we got coming up Fast and Furious 8. Right. We got um, pretty wicked, uh, pretty wicked scene there. I don't know. You always wonder how much you can say about that, especially those guys, those big, big guys. And like Marvels is especially tricky. I'm like, I don't even know if I'll say I'm in a Marvel show because they're, they get, right. They're, Tough, but anyways, yeah, man, a lot of good Vin stuff, D- man. A lot Vin of good Diesel. stuff. Have you met him and The Rock? Uh, yeah, The Rock. We we worked together a little bit on on this last summer. Is he bigger than you? Yeah, he's a great big guy, man. Yeah, yeah, he's got to be six six, I bet. Yeah. Like, and he's probably two ninety. He's wow. big. 
big uh, stack you boy. Probably 240, yeah, something like that. You're a big boy. Yeah, dude. yeah. I mean, big he's boy. big. I, you, I, it's, not much, it's not often where I go, oh, yeah, he's, I'm looking up to that guy. Right. Like, he's big. <laughs> we spent the whole week looking so up to you, dude. So affable and kind and, like, just, like, that big smile like that he's looking going in the mirror, bro. Is like <laughs> because that's how you are. Well, that's as nice to hear, big man. big as you are and just intimidating looking, you are fucking teddy bear, wow. bro. Every nice, single man. person it's here important, loves man. you. I think it's important, you know, you make the world comfortable around you. I think it's important. And especially, like, I, like I, I, I know what a gorilla I look like. And so it's, like, more important, man. You got to smile more. It's, like, it's the difference. Like, I, was, I, I told a, a dude of mine, he's a buddy of mine, and he's like... Uh, and he's like, well, fuck, man, I don't want to, like, everybody always assumes this and that. I go, yeah, look at you. For God's sakes, you're a gorilla. You know what I mean? And it's like, he's like, well, that's, people say don't assume and don't judge. And then all these fucking hippies and nerds are judging and this and that. And I go, yeah, people are going to be hypocrites. But that can't change who you are. Right. And the thing is, is like, you got to know what you put forward. And, and if you look this way, you got to be even nicer. Because the thing is, is that uh, 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 nobody gives a shit if, if a chihuahua's barking. They, they think it's cute. You know what I mean? Like, they think that that's nice. A Rottweiler starts barking and drooling. They call the dog catcher. So how do you want to get treated by people, man? You right. want to get treated like, like, A, don't bark. B, smile a lot. <laughs> well, my whole thing is, you know, I want to leave an impact on people's lives, a positive yeah, impact man. on people's lives. Yep. Um, I've taught my, my son, uh, my, all my kids this. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't steal. You know? Um, treat people the way that you want to be treated. Yeah. And I swear to God, it's going to come back to you yep. freaking insane. People feel like they don't have a purpose in life. Go and be helpful to people. There's yeah. your purpose, man. Yeah. Wherever you are in life, whether it's doing the dishes for your mom or whether it's wiping on the table Google. or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing, man. Be of service to the world. Go help people Cause, out. Because we need Make you. a person smile. Yep. And it, I swear to God, it changes people. Yep. It does. Give yeah. them a laugh. Everybody talks about they can't change the world because they don't want to take the responsibility that they can change right where they're sitting right now where they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it seems too big a job. It's not a big job, man. And that's where, you know, you and I, we both look at, we have a podcast because we can get out there where we can't get. And that's the reason I started it. Yeah. Because Rogan got in my, he was like, bro, you got like, you're, 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 it's, you know, the, like. It, it, do, doing the thing that you know you ought to be doing mm -hmm. and that you can be impacting a difference in, it's, and, and, but not doing that thing, knowing what that is, is way worse than just doing some shitty stuff. He's like, you, if you disregard this responsibility you have to, to go and talk to people in, in whatever way you can and to be heard. Whether they like it or not. Go and be that. He says, especially yeah. you, man. You're making an impact so on somebody. It's been, it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a blessing for sure. Now, where can people find you? Know, we're people gonna can find me on Instagram at Tate Fletcher, and it's T-A-I-T-F-L-E-T-C-H-E-R. Or you can find me at Pirate Life Radio. We have uh, Instagram for that as well. And you can find us on iTunes. And, um, and this podcast, we'll, we'll run it both on your yeah, podcast great, and my great. podcast. And, and so on those knows you can find that. And what's really super helpful, I didn't know this until later, but uh, if you're listening and you dig it, man, please go and give five stars, and it helps the ratings. It helps everything. Um, 
on iTunes, and you can just go to Doe's Nose on iTunes and, and, and hit that. You can mark them really easy. And so if you're enjoying it, do it. You know, like uh, we're guys that do this just for fun and for free, and um, and what helps us is if, if you get that word out there more like that. Absolutely. So thank you all. Well, thank you, Tate, for being on the show. Thank and you, Doe's. Thank you for letting me be on your show. Hell yeah. And uh, until we see everybody next time, uh, who you hope? everyone for tuning in and don't forget you can check me out on instagram at dozer dave on facebook at dozer dave barnett and on twitter at dozer dave knows also on my website dozenose.com and that way you can see all the guests in depth what they're about links to their websites and all kinds of killer uh videos and photos and stuff so um I want to give a big shout out to my sponsors. If you guys ever plan on coming to the Big Island, you know that's my backyard. So make sure you guys go hit Kona Boys. They've been serving up gear for Island Life in Aloha since 1996. They're the one-stop shop for ocean fun. They operate a legit selection of local style activities, including historical va'a rides, which is the outrigger canoe, paddleboard tours, and lessons. And uh, they're one of the only companies permitted to do kayak tours in Kalakakua Bay. That's what Captain Cook discovered and then also perished <laughs> in Hawaii. If you need rentals for boards, bikes, boogies, and other beach goodies, Kona Boys is your spot. Go see Frank and Brock. They've got two locations, one down at the King Kamehameha Beach Hotel and one down in Captain Cook. Um, just tell them you heard it on Doe's Nose, whether you're in the shop or on their website at konaboys.com, and you can get 15% off with promo code Doe's Nose. So go check them out. Uh, Maverick Sport Fishing in Kona. It's the best, best fishing in the world is right here in Kona, and you guys can jump on this 40-foot beautiful boat that's air-conditioned with all the top gear, they specialize in half-day charters, three-quarter-day charters, full-day charters, and overnight charters. You can find them online at mavericksportfishingkona.com or call Captain Trevor Child at 808-896-7985 and tell him you heard it on Doe's Nose. He'll hook you up, literally. <laughs> hook you up. Yeah, that's funny. But anyway, uh, Original Nutritionals. They're not your regular meathead supplement brand. It's just pure, basic, and essential food and supplements to support what they call a clean athlete lifestyle. My buddy Logan founded the company with a food-first approach, working with average men and women like you and I to the best action sports stars and team sport athletes in the world. These guys know how to do it right. Head over to OriginalNutritionals.com. Grab what you need for listening. All you got to do is, once again, enter promo code DOZENOSE at checkout and get 15% off. That's 15% off with DOZENOSE at checkout. Kona Coffee and Tea. That's where I get my morning crack on every single morning. They have the best coffee on the planet. They grow up on the, on the slopes of Hualalai. Bring it down for us every day, freshly roasted so that you can enjoy it as good as I do. Um, check them out at KonaCoffeeAndTea.com. If you guys live anywhere else other than Kona, you can order it right through the website, and um, it's the best coffee ever. They'll hook you up. It's really killer. GoPro, 
GoPro has been transforming the way people visually capture and share their lives. What began as an idea to help athletes self-document themselves engaged in their sport, GoPro has become a standard for how people capture themselves engaged in their interests, whatever they may be. From extreme to mainstream, professional to consumer, GoPro enables the world to capture and share its passion in the form of immersive and engaging content. They have all kinds of cool new goodies out. They just came out with a GoPro 5, which is badass. It's voice activated and will do anything that you guys can ever dream about. They've got the new drone coming out. I'm excited. I can't wait to play with it. Um, for more information, go to GoPro.com or connect with them on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, or LinkedIn. How about Hurley? I'm really, really impressed with Hurley right now because they have all the top stars on the planet wearing their phantom board shorts. And speaking of top stars, we have uh, Chris Amore, who just won the contest in Portugal. Yes, she's Team Hurley. And now we have John John Florence, who, by the time this thing airs, um, might possibly be the next world champion. And, of course, he is a Hurley Team rider. So go check them out. Get your phantom board shorts or get any of their other cool gear um, at Hurley.com. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And until next week, uh, we hope. Everybody knows those